Please stand for the reading of God's word. We will be in the book of Mark, chapter 1. Just one short verse this morning. Uh, but we, we're going to add we're going to add one more verse. So we'll start in 14. So Mark 1, 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Well, hasn't it been a great morning? It's just been incredible. And I think, yes. And I think it may be connected because it was such a great evening in Los Angeles last night. Don't you agree? I thought I would wear some yellow and blue today um, to just... Now, now, I don't normally, yes, I do normally bring this up, especially in the last three years, but I want to make in this intergenerational moment a connection. Be- only because ABC lost the opportunity, didn't say the name correctly or at all. But in the first quarter, if you watched the game last night, there was a botched punt from the other school, and it was recovered by a Bruin. They never said his name, and that is a, 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 a son of Lake Avenue Church, third generation. If you know Eunice Richter, it's her grandson, and uh, Robert and Ruth Legacy, their son, Taylor Legacy, had a, had a great game last night, and they were at the first service, and I had to single them out because it was such a marvelous night. I'm starting with some ways we'll, we're divided as a church, but we're going to get to unity in a moment, I, I promise. <laughs> But I'm just super proud. It, honestly, if, if Taylor played for the other team and recovered it, I would mention it too because it was just a cool, cool, proud moment. Well, let me, let's move on to something that unites us. If I could show you a quick picture. Something that unites us is in and out, right? Okay. So we're done with the division. We'll go on to the good stuff, all right? In and out, incredible place. And I got, a, I got a forward this week of an email, and many of us know this, but the more I've talked about this in the previous two services, people have thanked me. So although many of you may be aware of the secret menu at In-N-Out, there's a lot of people who don't know, lifelong people who've been around. But at In-N-Out, although this is the menu, there are literally dozens of combinations of things that can be ordered that they don't portray on that menu. There's more to In-N-Out than what you see on that menu. Now, in this weekend where we have kids with us, I've thought of just picking out a few of the secret menu options that I, as a parent, find really encouraging. Right? These are things that mattered to me never before I had kids. But first, did you know at In-N-Out you could order a root beer float? You just order these things as is. You could get a root beer float. You can actually have In-N-Out and request for them to cut your hamburger in half or in quarters. They'll do that for you. Uh, you can get one small shake and ask them to split it between two cups. This is really good news for my household because not one child needs an entire shake and not one father needs an entire shake either. <laughs> Right? And, and speaking of shakes, you can actually order a Neapolitan shake, and they will find a way to add all three flavors into the shake. But when we get Neapolitan ice cream at my house, you just leave the strawberry alone and go for the other two. So I'm not sure how you would do that with the shake. But the part that, that the Matisic family really enjoys is our youngest declared a long time ago that he doesn't like In-N-Out fries. And then we found out that you could do this. You can order your fries well done. Did you know that? And they're crispy and just loaded with fat. It's amazing. (laughs) They're really good, I've heard, right? Uh, 
Now, now, if you if you went on the internet and you put in and out secret menu, you will get more things. You can get chilies on your burger. You can do all kinds of things to your fries. And 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 the point is this: is that although this is the menu of In and Out, this is what the eye sees, right? There is so much more to In and Out than just that menu. And In and Out does not have a secret menu, just so that people know in their minds that there's a secret menu and there's other combinations. They, they don't find pleasure in, in, in creating this menu and allowing all of these options just so that people know about it. No, In-N-Out has a secret menu so that people don't just know about it, but they experience it. There is a big difference between knowing something and experiencing it. I could share with you all these things, but hopefully what you'll do next time you're In-N-Out, if any of those things are your thing, you will order it and you will experience it. You will move from knowledge to experience. That is the way we are going to just briefly this morning think and look about the Article 10 of our Statement of Faith. We're we're at the end. It's been an incredible 11-week journey together. Amen? God has blessed us as we've gone into detail into each one of these articles of faith as these are the essentials of what we believe. And this morning, why we have a from first grade to 101st grade in one room together, let's this morning think about this last article with one word in mind, and that word is more, right? On the in and out menu, there is more to that menu than what you see. And what we find in Article 10 is that there is much more to life and faith than what you would expect and what you see. So two quick points this morning before we jump in. There is more to this article too. We still have small group videos, devotions, things like that. So please read Pastor Greg's commentary because these two moments are just one small piece. There's even more there. But as we think about Article 10 in the lens of more, the first thing is this. There is more than this life that you and I are living. Article 10 affirms this. Right? We believe that the physical life, the, the life of flesh and blood that all of us in this room are experiencing right now, we believe that that life, when it comes to an end, is not it, that there is more than this life. Our article declares that we believe God will raise the dead bodily. We believe that when we, when we leave this earth, that when we die, when we physically are done on earth, that we are raised from the dead, and we believe that there is more to life. There's two different experiences, two polar opposite experiences. Uh, on one side of more to life, there is a, there's separation from God. And on the other experience is eternal peace with God. These are polar opposites. We believe at the end that every human being, when their physical life ends, they will be raised to God and there are two experiences. There's eternal peace with God and separation from God. Oftentimes in church or religious people, we we say there's heaven and there's hell. Now our article doesn't use those words. It talks about separation from God and eternal peace with God because the location isn't the thing that distinguishes the two. It's the presence that's present in the two places and absent. God is the hero of this article. God is the hero of this reality that once we die. And the two experiences couldn't be more opposite. Eternal separation from God or eternal peace with God. In this eternal peace, we believe that in this, in this peace with God, this afterlife where we are raised to be with God, we experience restored relationship with God. We believe we have restored relationships with one another. We live in a restored creation. 
We live in a new heaven and a new earth. That as we go to this experience with God, it is complete and good and it makes all things right. The opposite of that is separation from God. In fact, in Mark 1, the scripture we've used today, Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry. And the beginning of his ministry, as we looked at Jesus over these last many weeks, we know that what Jesus is doing when he starts his ministry is pronouncing this new reality, this new eternity, this new kingdom of God. This will, this will start, and what does he say at the very beginning? The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As true as it is that when we leave this physical world that we can either be eternally separated from God or we can be eternally at peace with God, that is dependent on us repenting and believing and responding. Right? All of this, the last many weeks as a church, we've gone into our shared faith, is not simply so that we know more in our minds about the way it works. Article 10 points us to more. It doesn't stop with knowledge. It points us to an eternal reality, an eternal experience with God. And the Bible says, and what we believe and affirm, is the way that you and I respond to the good news, to the gospel of Jesus, is the very thing that will determine where we spend eternity. Thus, repenting, as, in, as Jesus says in Mark, thus responding to the gospel, responding to the good news. Now, I've met plenty of people who spent a lifetime in church who in their minds believe everything, or in their minds know everything, but when it comes to belief, there's a gap. Right, this morning, as we close this series, don't, don't hesitate to believe. Don't hesitate to respond because the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ requires a response from everyone. We believe that. And friends, this is not about a location. This is about a relationship for the rest of eternity, to be with or without God. I think the most popular thought that's out in culture and we live in this time where people can believe what they want to believe, is that it's accepted to believe that there's a heaven, there's a reality after this life, or there's nothing. Now, friends, we believe that that's not true. We believe that eternity will go on for everyone. The question is, to whom we will be spending eternity with? With God or separate from God? Friends, the gospel tells us that there is more than this life that we live. There is a life that extends beyond this, beyond this into eternity. But friends, the gospel also tells us, there's a, here's the second point, is that there is more to life than what we often think. Although it's, it's central, it is very important. We believe at the depths of our hearts and our minds as a church that the reality is that eternity is real. Eternal presence with God eternal peace with God, or eternal separation from God. The reality, as true as that eternal reality is, we believe that there's more to life than what we often think about, and there's more to life than what we experience. I think there's two extremes really present um, around us in the church and in the culture around us. One extreme would be this. Is that so the thought of eternity, the thought of being with God forever, especially when our lives on this earth are marked with things like pain and suffering, that oftentimes we can have such an overly focused heavenward view. 
Meaning that, that we really minimize the experience of, of being human. We minimize the, the idea of why we have given this physical life and we're only looking heavenward. I think that's an overly focused view of, of eternity. Because it minimizes the experience and the mission that God has called each one of us to live while we're here on this earth. The other extreme would be people who, who don't think at all about eternity. And, and they spend their life just with an with a, with a overly focused view of the human experience. Where we spend all of our energies and all of our life building up our own little heaven. Creating our own little kingdom in this world. Where, where we forget that, that there's something that goes on beyond this life and that informs the very ways we live this life. When you don't have this eternal perspective, oftentimes the narrowing of focus and spending a lifetime focused on the wrong things. Friends, there is more to life than just waiting around for eternity with God. In fact, the Bible tells us that eternity with God is something that we begin living right now and it extends into eternity. It's not something that only begins once we leave this earth. It's something that can be experienced right here, right now, and extended into eternity. My my favorite television show, this might not be very exciting for you, but my favorite television show is a show called CBS Sunday Morning. And we TiVo it. I, I can never really watch it. I have a job that doesn't allow me to be home on Sunday morning. But we, I promise we don't watch it, but we record it. And Sunday afternoon, well, after football season, Sunday afternoon usually just kind of go through. It's human interest stories. It's, really, it's, it's great. And last week on CBS Sunday morning, there was this very short two-minute story about somebody that really understands that there's more to life than what the world tells us life is about. So we called CBS, and they said we could show it this weekend. Please enjoy the story of Jason Harris. Be encouraged by it. At one point, number 60, Jason Brown was one of the best centers in the NFL. At one point, he had a five-year, $37 million contract with the St. Louis Rams. And at one point, he decided it was all meaningless and just walked away from football. My agent, you know, he told me, he said, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. And I looked right back at him. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So what could possibly trump the NFL? You wouldn't believe. Jason Brown quit football to be a plain old farmer. Even though he never farmed a day in his life. How did you learn even to do what you're doing? Get on the internet. Watch YouTube videos. So you learned how to farm from YouTube? Yeah. You can still plant your crops. Thanks to YouTube and some good advice from other farmers here in Lewisburg, North Carolina. This week, Jason finished harvesting his first five-acre plot of sweet potatoes. When you see them pop up out of the ground, man, it's the most beautiful thing that you could ever see. He says he has never felt more successful. Not in man's standards, but in God's eyes. But God cares about the NFL. I see people praying to him on the field all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people praying out there. But um, when, when I think about a life of, of greatness, I think about a life of of service, which leads us here, which leads us here. Yes. See, his plan for this farm, which he calls First Fruits Farm, is to donate the first fruits of every harvest to food pantries. Today, it's all five acres, 100,000 pounds 
of sweet potatoes. It's unusual for a grower to grow a crop just to give away. Rebecca Page organizes food collection for the needy. And that's what Jason has done. And he's planning to do more next year. Jason has a thousand acres here, which could go a long way toward eliminating hunger in this neck of North Carolina. Love is the most wonderful currency that you can give anyone. You sure you played in the NFL? <laughs> Yes, because I feel like cuddling you right now. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Jason may have left the NFL, but apparently holding is still a penalty. Steve Hartman on the road in Lewisburg, North Carolina. Right, there's more to life. It's unusual for a farmer to grow a crop to just give it away. It's unusual for somebody to make a lot of money to give most of it away. It's unusual for someone to, uh, to work in some extra time when they come and leave from their home so that they can build relationships with their neighbors. It's unusual for someone to care so much about kids that aren't their own that they would give up money so that kids they don't even know might have a place for ministry. It's unusual for someone uh, to be in relationship with someone who is so different from them because they believe that when they enter that relationship, they understand more about who God is in this world. It's unusual for someone to come to church with the mindset of how can I bless someone? How can I be of service to someone instead of being blessed myself and thinking about my own needs? It's unusual for someone to live a life of greatness. Right, Jason... Jason has tapped into something about what real life is about. Right? And so many times when we have a narrow focus of, or a heavenward focus of only thinking about eternity, we forget that God has called each one of us to live on mission in this life. And that heavenward thinking is related to earthly mission. The way we think best about eternity is the way we live out that truth in our lives right here and right now. In fact, when Jesus was, uh, was teaching, there was this moment. He started teaching more about the kingdom. He started teaching more about eternity. And so his disciples were starting to get a glimpse that there was an afterlife and, and there was going to be a, a way of go, living with Jesus beyond life of this earth. And James and John come up to him in a moment and they say, Jesus... So when, when it's all done and you're up in your heaven and, and you're in your glory, we have a request for you. We want to sit at your right and your left up there. And if you know the story in Mark 10, Jesus goes on to dialogue with them about why they're even asking the question, but he reduces their question to this. He said, if you want to be great, because that's what you're asking for, you want to be great, then here's how I want you to live. Be a servant and be a slave earthly mission. You want to be connected to heavenly focus? Live the earthly mission of God. Love being the biggest currency. A life of greatness rooted in service. In fact, at the end, there's another story where Jesus is teaching in Mark 25, and he says, when it's all done, uh, there will be a day where we will be bodily raised and in front of the king, and he will look at us he will look at all of humanity. He will separate us into two categories. Like a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And he'll look at the sheep and he'll say, You live the earthly mission well. Welcome. Enter into eternal peace, eternal presence with God. And he'll look at the goats and say, You missed 
the earthly mission. Uh, you're separated from me. Leave me. What's the, the, the distinction between the two groups? It says how we treat the least of these. So our earthly mission is completely connected to our eternal destiny. The way we live matters. The problem is, if you're like me, so often the rat race and trying to, to stay relevant and trying to, to just live, we sometimes forget that there's more to life than what we spend our energy on. So yes, it's true that there's more than this life, that you and I, whether we believe it or not, we will be resurrected. We will, we will be either eternally with God or eternally separated from God. But how we live right here and now matters. That's why we're talking about this article through the idea of more. There is more than this life. There is more to life than what so often we settle for. And so this morning, the question I have for you is the same question I have for myself. Is, are we living a life of more? Some of you have been at Lake Avenue maybe, maybe five minutes some of you have been here five years. Some of you have been us with this entire series. Our heart of this series, let me say it again, isn't so that we just give you more knowledge, so that your brains are bigger, so that you understand more the complexities of faith. That is the foundation that moves us into experience. And the truth is, some of us know a lot, we've learned a lot, but we have not experienced and we haven't thought about the ultimate experience that when we leave this earth, what will our eternal experience be? And this morning, many of us in this room need to respond, right? The gospel, the good news requires a response. And some of us this morning need to respond to God and say, I believe, I, I'm repenting, I believe the gospel, I believe the good news, I believe that the kingdom is real, I believe that eternity is going to happen, and I want to be in your presence, God. I want to experience a renewed relationship with you. I want to experience renewed relationship with others. I want to experience a redeemed creation. I want to live in the new heaven. I want to exist in the new earth. Some of us need to take that step of faith this morning. And as Jesus declared in Mark 1, to say, believe the good news. Some of us need more this morning. And yet many of us, we, have, we, have, we, have, we believe those things. And if you asked us on a test, we would, t- we would get the answer right. We believe there's a heaven. We believe there's eternity. We believe there's a way of living past this life with God. We believe that. But the truth is, some of us, that hasn't impacted necessarily the way we live right here and now. And what we need to say to God this morning is that we want more of you, God, so that there's more to life than the way we are living. God, we we want to experience more of you right here and right now. We want to live a life of service, a a life of of sacrifice. We want to live a life of, of relationship. So this morning I'm going to ask you to do this as we close our series and close our service. That if this morning... You need more. You want to declare to God that you need more. There's more to life than right now, and you believe the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that's you, in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand. And for the rest of us who maybe have said that, that you would stand with me declaring that, God, although I believe that there's more than this life, the truth is I want to experience more in this life with you. And if that's you this morning, I'll ask you to rise. If you're in either category, please stand and let me pray for you. Please stand if you want more of God. Father, thank you.
Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you, God, for the way that you have set up the earthly life that it matters. Thank you, God, that this isn't it. Thank you, God, that when we die, we believe we will stand with you. We will be in eternal peace with you for those who believe. God, that we will experience this new reality, this redeemed work, that all things will be made right in your presence. God, we thank you for that. And for those in this room who haven't believed that, who haven't repented, I pray for them, God, that they turn to you now in a way that they will be with you forever. The free gift of grace, God, that they would declare to you that they want more of you. And God, for the rest of us who, who believe that, but, but are saying to you, God, there's more for us to experience in this life. And we confess to you that so often uh, we get wrapped up in building our own kingdom. We get wrapped up in worrying about ourselves, and yet you call us to be the kind of people uh, who spend a life serving, a life giving away, a life looking for the vulnerable and providing for them. And I stand with my brothers and sisters and say, God, there's more to life than I've lived. Help me live the kind of life you call us to so that our heavenward thinking is connected to our earthly mission, we pray that. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this service. Thank you for a church where we hear from our kids and we sing all kinds of songs. And there's just something about this morning that is so right. It's because, God, many of us, and I believe that this is just a glimpse of what this eternal peace with you will be like. Every tongue, tribe, and nation, every age, gathered before your throne in unity, declaring to you that you are good and that you are holy and that you are worthy. We have done that this morning, God. We pray that as we leave this place, that our lives would declare that as much as our mouths have this past hour. Help us, God, to live a life worthy of the calling that you have called us to, a life of greatness, a life of service. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.